Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always interviewing entrepreneurs, doing interesting things, sharing those messages with the world. And hopefully you can get inspired. So today we have Dan Bruder. He's co-founder and CEO of Blendification. He's a TEDx speaker. So I encourage you to check out YouTube where you can find his video. And today is going to be talking about the work-life balance myth, um, work-life blend, uh, just talking about balance and how to balance our careers, our work, our finances, and our family. So I'll let Dan... Uh, introduce himself, tell his backstory. So, Dan, welcome. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks, Chris. Uh, looking forward to the conversation. Should yeah. be fun. Yeah, it's good. I'm always interested in interviewing, talking with guests that are really entrepreneurial, doing really interesting things. I'm so curious. And so, tell us more about your backstory, how you started Blendification, and we'll go from there. Yeah, backstory. Um, Go back. I started out in the banking business and uh, was fortunate to work with some commercial banks that really invested in their people and uh, got a taste of how work can influence people's personal lives in a positive way. Um, And uh, like I said early on, I mean, my career was really I, I can't imagine who I'd be today if it wasn't for the companies, the early companies that I worked with. In fact, I was meeting with uh, some friends back at Marriott. I used to work at Marriott after I left banking. I was um, went into Marriott and uh, I told them, I said, thank you so much because everything they taught me to be a better leader or manager um, made me a better husband and better better uh, spouse and better community member. So that concept of how work can positively influence our lives, meaning we can take so much from our work and apply it to our personal lives, it started making me think about, man, what if we actually embrace this concept of blending work and life as opposed to this myth around um you know, work-life balance, you know, if we threw that away and said, you know, what if we actually took away from work or actually looked at work as a way to pursue our human potential? Because we spend most of our time at work, right? Um, you know, from a, from a physician's front, I, I, I don't know how they do it with all the stuff they have to go through. But that's really the background, Chris. It was really about, man, what if we changed the way, the lens through which we looked at work and said, what, how do we make work be something that is super motivating, energizing, and compelling for me to create a better life. Not just financially, but you know, you talk about all those uh, different freedoms, but how does work become a really primary part? And that really led to blendification. And it's really not balancing work in life, it's blending work in life. And that's where we are today. Excellent. Yeah, I, I always love um, frame shifting, perspective shifting. If we look at some aspect of our life, like health or work or family, from a different lens, from a different angle, different question, you know, we get different answers. And, um, you know, especially with Gen Z, really looking at work from home, digital nomadism, 
a lot of them are starting their own companies. They don't want to work for traditional culture anymore. So um, this is quite interesting. So uh, well, tell us, first thing is, uh, what is the difference between work-life balance and work-life blend? Yeah, if we, if we go back, I you know, in my corporate days, and I used to work at some big corporations, the people that would say, gosh, I need more balance, um, they weren't ever saying that they needed to work more. What they were saying basically is uh, they, they, they were spending too much time at work. And it was almost like a badge of honor. And they were almost like bragging, right? It's like, I need more balance. Like, hey, look at me. Look how much work I'm doing. I need more balance. It was kind of a masking, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I started watching that and I said, why, why are people doing that? And, um, and, and what it did, it, it created an unintended consequence that work became an adversary um, or this adversarial relationship between work and life, meaning like they're separate. Like I do this thing called work and then I go home and I have this whole completely different life. And, and I started seeing this trend where people use this balance thing as a way to demonize work. And that's compounded over the years. And now I see this, you know, particularly with, you know, you mentioned the Gen Z and the, and the, and the millennials that particularly there's a really they, they really don't look at work as being something that's super motivating or energizing. So you go, why? Why is that? And, and, and I, I, not the only reason, but I believe some of it is, is that we've created this wall between work and life. And it's unnecessary. And it's actually, it goes against our full human potential and, you know, pursuing our potential. So, um, so that's really the difference to me. When we look at work-life balance, it's really creating a barrier. When we look at work-life blend, that's when we take what we do at work and we learn, we grow, we become better at what we do. Not only at work, we take those skills, we bring them home. Because if work is teaching me to communicate better with a customer, um, in a customer service role, it's usually using some level of emotional intelligence, patience, listening. Those skills work really, really well at home too. So why can't I just like steal all that information that work gives me to make me a better customer service person, a better salesperson, a better person inside the organization culturally, all those different things that work can do for us. Why don't we take that home and start doing some of that same stuff at home? Because I think it all works, you know? And that's really the difference between work-life blend and work-life balance. My kids tell me sometimes, um, they go, well, you know, blending is just another word for working more, right, right, Dad? And I was like, no, it actually means why don't we live a life where what we do for our career, our vocation, our calling, that is actually influencing and enhancing the rest of our life. And that's really blending work and life where there aren't any, there are no barriers. Now, there's time barriers, we can create time barriers, but that doesn't mean we need to create an emotional barrier between work and life. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting um, how if you blend if you blend it versus balance it, you can motivate employees in this age of disconnect. Tell us how companies can re- reconnect employees to each other into this into the company in this age of disconnect. Well, I think you know, particularly from a physician side, it's like, why do our people? Why do we even work here? You know, um, and, and, and I teach at the university level in a graduate program at CU Boulder and, and the students coming out of school are just different than they used to be. When they come out, they don't ask how much money they're going to make. They ask, what cause does this company have? What, what meaning or what difference is this company making? And a lot of times the leaders of an organization or a practice or something like that say, well, isn't it obvious to you? You know, this is what we do. You know, we work on this. We, you know, we, we, we make people's hips better. 
you know, <laughs> I've had three hip surgeries, right? And and but you, they really want to know what the organization stands for so that they can have meaning in their life. That wasn't the case 30 years ago. It's like, yeah, we need to make a certain amount of money. Um, that's the primary purpose. But I think this, uh, this these next two generations are smarter than we were. You know, they realize that, hey, why don't we have our cake and eat it too? Meaning, why can't we work in an organization that has some meaning? So really, the first thing is, is what, what are we really trying to do? I call it a statement of cause. What is an organization's or practices? What's their statement of cause? What, what does this company exist for? What difference is it trying to make? Now, this is a little different than a vision statement. But, you know, the vision statements are really just, you know, you know replicas or their old outdated statements that were done in the 90s right and, and uh, but when you know a statement of cause is something that i can get motivated about and i can also motivate my employees so it's really just starting out with a statement of cause and then we build out a statement of intention but we really build a culture you know really systematically building a culture you know that is at the habitual and behavioral level that leads the organization through a, a way that we treat people inside and outside the business, a way that we work together to um, go after a common goal or that cause. But it's a whole systematic process of really developing a culture that is meaningful, not just to me as a leader, but also meaningful for everybody we touch inside our company and then also outside our company. I was talking to somebody earlier today and I said, I said something, um, I said, uh, yeah, really, um, culture is our internal brand. And she stopped me. She said, what'd you just say? <laughs> and I said, you know, culture is the foundation of the organization. It's really our internal brand. And externally, um, we use brand externally, but it's really an external culture because culture and brand should be really related. So it's really just looking at our internal culture with the same level of, um, you know, focus that we would our external brand or, you know, how do we treat our customers? So um, I don't know if that kind of answers through. It's really about getting really intentional about building out our culture using a framework. You know, we say cause, intention, behaviors, and habits, but building those up. If we can do that, we can do pretty well. And um, how does, uh, like, especially today's tech companies, um, you know, a lot of, like, software as a service, AI as a service, um, everything is as a service. How does software play a role in connecting employees and helping businesses create meaning? <laughs> employees well, well, it's funny you know software plays a role but technology as good as it is it's actually created more disconnection in the workplace because we can now get our jobs done at home we are now less connected so an odd thing it's a bit of a dichotomy is that we have we've been able to maintain productivity within organizations with people being fragmented and spread out all over the world but we've lost connectivity and when we lose connectivity, our species, human beings, we start going crazy, you know, yeah. and, and that's what we see going on in the world. I'm not going to use any examples, but you, there's some craziness going on out there because we've lost this level of connection with other human beings that we 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 crave this. But from the business side, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you can still do your job at home and be productive. That's really been a problem. It's affected our culture, but that's not going to go away. So now we actually have to use technology through software to reconnect people. So um, the goal of an organization outside the obvious financial outcomes are really the ability to connect other employees to each other and help them belong to something meaningful. So we need to have software that actually does this. And to date, most software, by the way, has all been productivity based. I mean, if you're going to go buy software application, 
or you know, software as a service or something like that, you'd say, okay, how is this benefiting me? And you're going to look for it in some sort of a return on invested time. Like, well, can I, you know, a, a, a CRM system helps me better communicate with my customers and my sales prospects. So then I have a conversion ratio that makes me, then I can say, okay, if I can increase my conversion by 1%, it justifies it. So it's all productivity based, right? You know, if I can have a scheduling system or a scheduling software at the front of my at front desk, how is that going to make me more productive? And what has happened is, is that software in the business or practice side has always been focused on productivity, 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 and we become disconnected. So now software needs to come back in. And we do this, we basically say we need to have so our software is all built around creating networks inside organizations to plant them with conversations to talk about meaningful things outside of work. Like, how do we help you grow as a human being? So it's really about infiltrating the organization through networks, using software as a tool to bring everyone in the organization together in a world where everything technologically is making people um, become disconnected. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it's really about using software to create internal networks around connection as opposed to just productivity. Interesting. I like that idea, Con connect uh, networks and um what do you see as the greatest challenge facing companies today in this environment? Well, I think that's just it right now. I mean, I talk to companies and, um, you know, most companies are CEOs or, or, or whatever, um, owners and entrepreneurs. They're having a hard time connecting with their employees. Um, you know, I've, I personally have struggled with this. I've, I've hired people in our, my organization and we say, oh, yeah, we can do this in a hybrid or a, a remote basis. And man, is it hard to really get to know people. And then I start questioning, this is me, I start questioning, man, am I doing a good job managing this person when all I do is have a weekly one-to-one -one call with them on Zoom? And I'm not really connecting. I don't feel that much fulfillment and, and I'm sure they don't either. I think that's the biggest problem is, is that we're, we really have to step up our game as leaders of organizations whether or not it doesn't matter what our title is but we have to really step up our game and create better connections which means we need to change the conversation a little bit too so um when when human beings lack the ability to connect they then start um you know looking for jobs elsewhere and that's what we're seeing we call it the great resignation but if we can foster an environment where people can connect and what is connection, by the way? I mean, what are we really talking about? Is it having a meeting and saying, how many people did you talk to today? You know, and how many did you get through the queue? Uh, that's not connecting. That's that's basically task management. I'm talking about getting together with people and saying, you know, things like, you know, how are we getting better at communicating with people? And what's holding me back from becoming the person that I want to become? That type of thing, that that type of connection we're talking about inside an organization and business can do that. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you wrote the you're author of the blendification system, your book, and then you give a TEDx talk on your system blendification. Tell us more about the book and your talk. And I know you also have software as well. Yeah, it's a it's a full process. You know, when I started this out years ago, um, several years ago, this concept of blendification. I was doing traditional consulting and, and I would tend to work with the leaders, the highest paid people in the organization, and they all tend to get it right. You know, um, and I expected that, yeah, you're going to take this back and you're going to help everybody else 
follow the same methodology of helping people grow through small networks and such. And um, what happened is, is the leaders of the organization took all this information in, but it really never came back out. Uh, and, and rightfully so, to some extent, because they, they couldn't pay me enough money to hit everybody in the company. For example, I, I believe that the person we hired yesterday at the lowest amount of dollars is just as worthy of an opportunity to succeed in life as the person that has 15 degrees, you know, and the leader of the organization. And if we really look at our calling in life, it's really about helping other people. So my practice was built on working with just the executive elite and they would pay for me. And I was like, but I want to reach everybody else, but you can't afford me, can't afford to do that. So I wrote a book. And so I put a book out there to help companies organize their strategy and such. And I'm thinking that people would read that. And the truth is, is people didn't read, read the book. The, you know, the people that I wanted to touch weren't reading the book. The executives were, but not the people that I wanted to touch. Did a TED Talk. That's more information. But it wasn't until I realized that in order to touch everybody in the organization, we have to have a software application that is very, very inexpensive. So for $2 a month for an employee, we can basically touch that employee, give them a platform to plan their future, and then insert them into small groups or networks so that they can create conversations around personal and professional growth. And, and that's our software. It's a, you know, it's a business navigation software, but also a personal navigation software. The, 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 the context, how this has all evolved, but it was really ultimately saying, how do I touch the person that was just hired yesterday for say $20 an hour. And, and if when I touch that person, then I'm doing my job. And I can't just spend all my time at the executive elite level saying, you know, um, I really want to do this, but tomorrow I have a workshop with the executive elite. <laughs> I needed to do something. Fortunately, technology gives us that tool. And um, and, and that's that's really the, the difference is, is we need to touch everybody in the organization. And that, that's what I, I hope leaders want to do, too. You know, I, I see the, the, the physicians. It's like, man, how do you really run an organization when you're working with patients all day? You yeah. know, it's like, how do you think about the impact you're having on your front desk people? You know, when you're all patient focused. And then, of course, you have all the administrative side, too, which we won't get into that. We got, you know, patience, administration, and then you've got your your team. How do you really put all this stuff together? The, the problem was in consulting, we couldn't, there was no solution to that, you know, and uh, but with technology, we can. Uh, lastly, how do people um, find you, follow you on social media, visit your website, contact you um, and look at your, all your resources? Yeah, you just go to uh, you know LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, so if you want to reach out, go to LinkedIn. Um, my, our website is very, very comprehensive. It it has a whole learning process, a whole platform around just learning, growth, and development. And there's a bunch of articles, a bunch of information on there that goes beyond just what is our product. Under Blendification Academy, there's all kinds of information about blendification, TED or, or TEDx, and such. But there's probably more content on our website around learning and growth and development and strategy than probably any website out there. Awesome. So, and that's just awesome. blendification. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Dan's resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to check him out. Uh, his TEDx talk, his book, as well as the software platform. Follow him on social. Uh, Dan has been really a great conversation. I really love this idea of um, redefining culture and the way we work and, you know, all of that. And um, 
and uh, it's been great. So thanks for coming on to the podcast, and we really appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much, Chris. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.